Hi everyone, it's Dara here at Dear Hallmark, and you have joined us for Wednesdays at the Shores. Every Wednesday, I have re- I have been recapping and reviewing episodes from Chesapeake Shores as I watch them from the beginning, from season one, episode one. And now we are almost done season two. Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. I'm ex- next week we're going to be finished season two and then the following week is big Christmas energy we're going to be reviewing two out of four of the Hallmark movies every week and then you may get a bit and bulb of some lifetime here and there but for the most part after next week it's going to be Christmas or bust okay so I'm so glad you are tuning in wherever you are Whenever you're listening to this, I say cheers to you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. So let's go on ahead and go on and go on over to the shores and talk about episodes seven and eight of season two. We'll be right back. Chesapeake Shores, Season 2, Episodes 7 and 8. This week, we're going to go in no particular order, but we're going to start with our girl, Jess, okay? So, Jess is beginning to develop feelings for David, and it's very cute to see this, because you you knew she was feeling the homie, but she kind of put it on the back burner, But as time progresses, she realizes, like, no, I really got feelings for this guy. And I love that um, episode seven opens up with her confiding in Kevin. I enjoyed seeing that dynamic. I think that's something that I haven't seen yet since watching the show is how Jess and Kevin interact with one another. And them having their own special moment, as clumsy as it was, because Kevin is just like, all right, what, what do you want me to do? What am I doing here? And she's like, well, you know, Gran is off doing something. Abby's off doing something. Connor is Connor. I'm not talking, like, you know, basically saying I'm not talking to Connor. (laughs) And Bree was off doing something. She was like, so you're all I got left. He's like, okay, and what do I say? And she's just like, say something, you know, wise and profound that'll help me. And it's just that whole interaction was super sweet of the siblings talking, her confiding in Kevin about her feelings for David. She tried to play it off and give a hypothetical situation, but she slipped and said with the cook at the B&B and he was like, "Are you trying to tell me you have feelings for David?" and then going to turn around and wave at him. <laughs> she was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I thought that whole part was really really cute. And so she she's like, "Okay, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make him dinner." And so she tries to cook dinner and is using the cover-up that, you know, all of her... She's like, oh, he's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm making dinner. He finds her in the kitchen. And uh, he's like, it's 11 a.m. She's like, yeah, I'm trying to prepare. All of my siblings are coming over. Would you want to come? And he's like, yeah, sure, sure. So he's already been introduced to the family. A lot of the family knows him already, especially after that dinner we had in last week's episode that I talked about. So... He's, you know, he's just like, all right, well, keep going. Just don't burn the place down. And right after that, she goes and texts and calls her siblings. And it's like, 
I need you over here for dinner tonight. She hasn't called, like, she made it up on the spot and called Abby, Jess, I'm sorry, Abby, Kevin, Bree, and Connor to come over for dinner. And so they end up not coming. And she's like, oh, well, we don't have to do this. He's like, no, no, let's, let's do this. Like, let's, let's still have dinner. And then in the next episode, um, a little connection into Bree's storyline, Simon Atwater returns and him, Bree, David and Jess have lunch together or tea together. And they're all going around sharing their horror, horror stories in relationships. And so the one that Jess says, she says, well, there's this guy that I had feelings for. I've never felt like this before, but I don't even know if he feels the same way. And it's, it's like, she just kind of bears her heart a little bit. And so she looks down and then sneaks a glance at him. And he's looking at her because he knows, oh, she told him about me. And she ends up kissing him at the end of episode seven. And the end of episode eight, he was like, what if I told you that I didn't mind it? And that the guy you talked about at lunch felt the same way. And so then they kiss. And so that's how their relationship begins. Next, let's talk about the homie Kevin. Kevin, he finally takes the MCAT. Because as you know, Kevin is becoming a doctor. And he tries to get close to this firefighter by giving her a kiss and she's like, oh, no, 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 let's not do that. And she kind of gets up and walk away. And shout out to Antonio Cayon. He makes an appearance in this show as a friend of Sarah's, a fellow firefighter. It's so cool to see other people within the Hallmark universe coming in. We've had Victor Webster. I tell you, I cannot say his name regularly. I have to say Victor Webster. We have Victor Webster and then we have Antonio Cayon. Um, so in the next episode, we find out because he tries to offer physical affection again and she tries to oblige us, but she really feels like, like she just can't do it. And we find out that Sarah had a husband who died. He was a Marine. He died in combat three years ago and it's still hard for her to move on. And, um, so they, they, the relationship, honestly, it kind of dissolves and funny enough, it not funny enough, but that conversation he has with Sarah. And then when they decide, you know what, maybe it's just not the right timing or whatever, it triggers an emotional conversation that he has with his dad. And I said, Brendan Penny, you better cry, sir. If it's one thing that gets me, it's when a man cries. I don't know. I don't know. It's just something like when he cries for real. Like if you, if you, if you, if you putting on your good acting and you like crying, crying, my goodness, Brendan Penny, sir, you did your thug fizzle with that one. And he tells his dad the experience of, um, him getting injured from in the first season where we see him really banged up, like the whole situation that happened and how he got injured. And he's like, yo, that could have been me. Like, I shouldn't even be here talking to you right now. And so it it prompts him to want to go visit the family of 
his friend who passed away, which I already started episode nine. Um, and so that's kind of what we get into a little bit with episode nine. Next, Miss Bree, Bree O'Brien. So there's not much that happens with Bree in episode seven. A lot of it takes place in episode eight, but a little bit in episode seven that kind of sets a, pre- a precedent is that she's reading Simon Atwater's novel. Um, this is a, a separate novel, not the Caroline novels. And um, it she realizes how amazing it is. And it's like, yo, she really likes Simon, but she can't acknowledge it because there's something in her from the past. Like she's still dealing with abandonment issues concerning her mom with her mom leaving. And her mom is just like, then let's talk about it. And Bree's like, I cannot talk about this right now. I can barely deal with the present. I can't even begin to talk about the past. And, um, which was a, that was an emotionally charged moment and brief, uh, tries to sabotage the budding relationship between her and Simon before it even begins. But in episode eight, Simon is a persistent Percy. Uh, and he comes, he's like, your mom sent me an email or something that you love the novel. And she's like, what? And he's, he is persistent and he, ask her to all different types of meals and he um they end up going to lunch she ends up you know letting him into the bookstore because he's there before the bookstore opens and at the end of that episode she the end of at the end of the eighth yeah at the end of episode eight she ends up giving him a manuscript or something that she's working on which as you know y'all as a i'm working on my first novel and but I've written some other stuff. It's very it's a very vulnerable thing to show someone art in progress because you're unsure of if like if it's something that's worth a grain of salt. You're not even like it's just there's there's the confidence is unstable, the self esteem is unstable at a certain point. It's a very vulnerable thing for an artist to show you anything mid progress, whether it's a dance, a song, a photograph, I don't know, anything. And so and Simon of course Simon as an author, he knows that. So when he when she gave him a folder with her manuscript in it, she was like, This is something I've been working on that I want you to look at and he's like, I would be on Oh, wait, he's British. Hold on. I would be honored to look at it. And, you know, there's intensity and then they kiss. So it's like, okay, I guess they're starting a relationship. I don't know. But that's kind of that's kind of where we are with Brie and Simon. Next, my best friend, Connor O'Brien. We don't see or hear much about the the young lady, Danielle, that he, you know, he's throwing game at. In either of these episodes, in this episode, in these episodes, we focus more on Connor's work life. He's at, I keep wanting to say Barnum and Bailey. What is the name of that firm? Beecham and Finley something. Beckham Beach. I don't know, you guys. We'll just call it Finley. The Finley firm. He's working at the Finley firm, which is, it's very stoic. And a lot, you can tell people are stressed and it's affecting them physically. And Connor's just like, what am I doing here? And there's one scene where he, um, one of the, one of his coworkers is celebrating his retirement. All they did was stand up, clap, back to work. 
and this dude been at the firm for 20 years and he's kind of looking around almost as if like what do I have to show for it and that that really is a rude awakening for Connor because he I'm assuming he's thinking like is that going to be me in 20 years or 30 years however long he's going to be there no personalization of nothing nothing on the desk nothing like just ulcers and stress to show for it so he ends up quitting the firm and he is now in this space of wondering what is he going to do with his life like what he it's cool because he finds that he passes the new york bar congratulations to you connor o'brien and he does a favor for his uncle thomas not quite clear on what he was exactly working on but he provided some legal some legal advice and did some legal research that helped his uncle thomas who is the brother that's fighting against mick um but he helped his uncle thomas with something so let's see where that goes will that mean he will get into environmental law i am curious i'm curious now let's get into the two main people of the whole chesapeake shores series abby and trace let's start with abby so Abby and Trace are adamant about making time for each other with their hectic new schedules with Trace and his band. And then the girls are back in school. Abby's getting a new position. I think she's trying to um, I think she's got promoted to VP, which gives her more responsibility. So it's like now she's trying to navigate all of that. And they decide they're going to make more time for each other no, no matter how little bit it is so there's one time she's at sally sitting outside he's riding by on his motorcycle they come for a hug chat for probably two minutes and then they have to part but i love the intention that they're making and then in episode eight they actually for 24 hours they go away on a camping trip together no phones it's just them and they kind of reconnect as a couple but let's let's uh, press in a little bit on Trace because Trace's storyline is getting bigger and bigger in this series. So Lee and John are not in these episodes. It's all about Trace and the club. Trace's parents finally visit the club and Kevin is at the club and shows Trace a video from Trace and his band at the industry showcase. If you remember from last week, Trace and the band defiantly did the industry showcase as an independent band even though they were signed to that that country producer who was trying to get trace to go solo so from that showcase someone took a video uploaded it to the interwebs and it is going viral and so abby comes into the picture and she's like hey what's going on and he shows her the video and she's like what does this mean and he's like i guess nashville isn't over after all and then he goes in for a hug but as he goes in for this hug, Abby's trying to show support and excitement on her face through a smile. But it is such a strained smile because you can see she's like, oh, my gosh, not this again. And as much as she wants Trace to live his dream, I, it's, I'm finding that his dream doesn't coincide with her life. Like he's on the move. He's single. He's not married. And you're single until married. So like he, he doesn't have kids. He doesn't have like he can literally just go wherever he wants. Whereas Abby has a, a nine to five corporate job. She has kids that she has to take care of. So it seems like they may be going back. It may be harder to keep up that relationship than what they originally thought. 
and mind you this is something that Trace loves to do like he is a musician she encouraged him to not give up on his music and now that the music is popping and he might be getting signed and going back on tour it's like well did you really want this for him Abby because Abby's questioning Trace like what do you want do you want us or do you want the relation or do you want the band but I I think it's it's really hard because I think it's really hard on both of them I see both angles Abby's like look I need you to put in more effort because it seems like it's the band or bust at this point whereas Trace is like this is my life like you've encouraged me to do this music is who I am you know this is my dream like I can't just give this up like is is it a choice between you or music that 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 isn't fair so I'm curious to see how this goes and how this progresses in the last two episodes and how season two is going to end. I'm wondering, first of all, let me just put this out there. They, in the recaps, I forget if it was episode seven or eight, but they played the Victor Webster part again when Abby and Victor first meet to volunteer for the B- for the PTA, but we don't see the homie in any of it. I'm like, so is he? We getting a cameo? Or you don't just slide Victor Webster into a, a recap and then not, not bring him back up. I don't know. So I'm very excited to see the next couple of episodes. And if you have any thoughts on these two seasons of Chesapeake Shores, who's your favorite O'Brien sibling? Anything to do with Chesapeake Shores, you can do so by leaving me a voice message. There is a link in the show notes that will take you to a page where you can leave a minute's worth of your thoughts. And I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Don't forget to subscribe to Dear Hallmark's YouTube channel for all of the new release Hallmark content. And don't forget to rate and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. I would love to hear your thoughts about the show, um, you guys liking the show, and also the rates and reviews help get the podcast out to other people and let other people know, hey, there's some other Hallmark content out there. So guys, that is our Wednesday at the Shores. I look forward to talking with you guys next week about the last two episodes of season two. My, oh, my, my, oh, my, oh, my. I look forward to talking with you guys about that. And I'll talk to you guys in the next episode.